The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dogs Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome in to another episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Justin Mark. I'm Rod Gomez, And today we are going to talk to you about the running back position. One of my favorites in the entire field. I love watching running backs run. Sometimes I feel like they're underrated. And especially in fantasy football, these guys are largely ignored due to the growing rise of the zero RB movement in <laughs> fantasy football, which uh, I say free the running back, but uh, I guess that's just me, Justin. (laughs) Yeah, and we're seeing kind of a shift. They're becoming more undervalued in general in the NFL. Um, We're seeing more by committee approaches, and these these guys that are literally kind of putting the team on their back or on their legs are getting paid less and less. They're not getting their big contracts because NFL teams go – and we can plug somebody else back in there. They don't seem to uh, pull the weight they used to anyways. And I wonder because, and we've seen historically that running teams normally do well when your team is more balanced. And and maybe, maybe it is the direction that this league has been heading in for a very long time as far as wanting the, to, to just throw the ball. I mean, that's really everybody just wants to throw the ball. That's, that's all you want to do. Screen passes, hooks, uh, uh, little short slants, like, that is what this West Coast offense has sort of taken over. And of course, this was back in the 90s when it first really or 80s that it really started to come into play. But now we've seen the progression of it to where that running back position, like you said, can be handled by two, sometimes three people. And it's not just a, a, a lead back that gets the majority of the carries. You take him off for a couple of downs, uh, you know, here and there. To, so he doesn't necessarily get run into the ground. But yeah. It's just weird to see, and it's sad to see because, again, a good running game really does set up a better passing game, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, and you can you know start doing the play action. The uh, the teams are going to have to start loading the box because they have to account for that run, so your burners on the outside can get a, get open. Absolutely, agree with you there. You know, and I say this, but if you look at last season's uh, rushing totals and and rushing uh, leaders, there are. You got to go all the way down to Tony Pollard. All of those guys were thousand yard rushers. So we talk about the demise of the running back as a position. And yet uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 1000 yard rushers. Last time I counted, there's 32 teams, which means (laughs) half of the teams had at least one 1,000-yard rusher on their roster. Yeah, and for my Bears, it was their quarterback. So I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad. I was just looking at that, too, and I noticed that Justin Fields had more rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey. Well, I mean... Just a little rivalry there for us. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, half of the season, you can't really count that because he was with the Panthers. True. But, True. Uh, once he got on the Niners, he started lighting it up. That's where he got the majority of that 1,000 yards, uh, actually, but... Um, I will say that he had more, he had more, uh, rushing yards than Aaron Jones. That's something, uh, or, or let's see, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, but yeah, that doesn't really count, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy to me. And yet you look at the, the leading rushers on these things, you know, the Raiders, the Titans, the Browns, obviously the Browns needed to, needed to run the ball a lot, but Miles Sanders with the Eagles, Vikings, Niners, all of these are playoff contending teams. You look at the ones without, right? Cowboys. Uh, Well, the Chiefs, I guess you can't really. I guess you can't make a case for the Chiefs running game, can you? No, no. When you got Patrick Mahomes, you don't need to run the ball, I guess. Apparently not. And Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Yeah. So, 
Uh, but yeah, so this week we will be breaking down the running back position. We'll give you our power rankings. And then, of course, we will give you useful knowledge on how to turn this into a betting card at the end of it. Um, but initially, what well, we got a couple of uh, a couple of news things going on. Justin, you you told me and you informed me of a, a situation with Saquon Barkley. What's that? Yeah, so he's playing on the franchise tag. He's not at mandatory camp and uh, said that he is considering a holdout if a long-term deal can't get done. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on because he is obviously a very big piece of that offense, a very talented rusher. And without him, I I don't know if they turn to rookie Eric Gray that they drafted. I'm not sure what they do if Barkley decides he's not going to play this year. And and how likely is that? That, that? I guess that's my question. He he obviously is a major cog in that offense. A lot of people are hopeful about this New York Giants team going into this season, um, and maybe rightfully so. I don't know. I know Kramer's really excited about it, but how how likely do you think it is that he sits out this season? And and did the Giants play into this and actually try to pay the guy? Yeah, I doubt he ends up sitting. Whether they do get a long term deal done or. Maybe the Giants say, all right, we're not going to deal with this and find a trade partner. I'm sure somebody out there wants to pay Barkley. Um, I was hoping he hit the free agency so the Bears could get him. So um, there's that. If they want to trade for him and give him a long-term deal, I'm fine with it. I get the injury history, but you know, the last running back that sat out was Le'Veon Bell, and it did not work out very well for him. Um, he sat out that year and I just feel like he never recovered to the running back. He was, and never got that long-term deal and the money he was looking for. Yeah. And for Le'Veon, I mean, again, his performance dictated that he probably deserved every bit of that. I mean, the, the Steelers really leaned on him through a lot of those, those years that he was, uh, their lead back. And I mean, you're only asking for what you're worth, I suppose. And unfortunately they didn't give it to him. And yeah, you're right. I mean, where do we haven't seen him since? And he probably could still run the ball. That's the thing about it. I think he could still be a valuable running back in this league. No doubt. No doubt. So, um, all right. And and speaking of valuable, a little more money in your bankroll is valuable. Am I right? This is why we have Edge Boost on board with us. Edge Boost supports this episode and this show in general. Edge Boost is the first ever Bet Now Pay Later Visa card. It's offering right now, Edge is offering up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. How? Well, we're about to give you a bunch of futures bets here in a second, and we're about to tell you what we think uh, these rushing totals are going to be over, under, around, through, uh, and all that other good stuff. And if you want to get in on this and you want to double down on this and you want to actually use some of that advance to sort of not tie up all of your money in these future bets, Edge Boost is the perfect way for you to do it. Well, you know, you don't have to tie them up for months at all. Double down on your favorite bet that you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or even hedge. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark. No, sir. They charge 0% interest. That means that you don't have to pay any interest. I, I know that that zero percent trying to break it down for me not you i have to understand this uh and i don't know that you know any other way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without actually paying any interest but now you do it's called edge boost edge boost can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan you set up daily weekly monthly limits across all your betting accounts in just one place you're asking me how to get on this will help support the sgpn and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up that sports gambling podcast.com slash edge must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER all right so as we start to dig into this running back position you know I, as i looked at the the leaders of this right and we're, we're obviously going to give our power rankings here in a second i don't know how many people would actually put the and, and maybe even not even get this as a trivia question who led the league in yardage last season, right? I know we're looking right at it, but I'm asking you out there, can you name the the leading rusher last season? I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably wrong because it was, it was Josh Jacobs who led the league in rushing with 1,653 yards on the ground. Does anybody put him even in the top five of their power rankings, Justin? Um. It's really close. I actually wrestled with him right at the five, six spot. Um, the the thing is, obviously, he led the league in rushing last year after having a down year before that. And he 
played into the passing game, which it was, I feel like last year was the first year we saw him consistently catch passes, but I want to see consistent good numbers from him. He had a stretch from weeks, let's see, four, five, and seven, where he had 144 yards, 154, 143. Around that, he was only in the 50 to 60 average. And then weeks 11, 12, 13, 109, 229, 144. So obviously those big games skew it. And it's great to have those big games, but I want to see him kind of average that 80, 90 per game before I can throw him, you know, closer towards the top there. You know, and this season he's with Jimmy Garoppolo, which we saw a slew of Niners running backs be successful behind. It didn't matter if it was Mostert or if it was, I mean, you know, McCaffrey there toward the end. Like, who was the quarterback? It didn't kind of matter. The running back was was good uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo in there. And so I wonder, and, and maybe, I mean, obviously you can argue that Kyle Shanahan, obviously a much different offense than the, than the Raiders, but without Darren Waller now, right? I mean, Devontae Adams is still there, which is, going to be interesting to see that dynamic but i feel like they still have to lean on this running game to get them over the hump and we know jimmy garoppolo is a running back friendly quarterback so i i know it's it's hard to say that josh jacobs is a top five because it's not a sexy name in that position but yet the numbers kind of speak for themselves yeah yeah agreed this list was i guess very difficult for me because i had to really try to separate myself from i'm not looking at the best fantasy football running back right because there is a difference between your best running backs and your best fantasy football running back so um it was especially difficult for me trying to distinguish between those two and that's something that i think everybody that listens to this show knows is that uh, you know both of us have done fantasy you still do a fantasy football podcast so when you separate the is they are they are is they good is they good <laughs> is they <laughs> do I, do I talk for a living uh, are they good on the field versus do they put up good fantasy numbers it's it's always a you know balancing act of, of what are you're actually looking for out of a running back because josh jacobs fantastic for for on the field but for fantasy not always the running back that you want not always the one that's going to win you a week yeah, agreed. And is they good? There we go, abusing the English language. So here comes a bad review. <laughs> hey, listen, I scream at everybody. So I you know, and and look in full disclosure, I I said it too in the in the Slack chat or uh, uh, Discord chat, actually Slack channel that uh, I've been told by many a sound operator that I break microphones and I I break their equipment. <laughs> they immediately have to turn the pot down as soon as I I start to open my mouth, but. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not dialing back on <laughs> the energy. And if you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. There's other shows that are much more subdued than this. Absolutely. So, um, all right. Your process as we as we rank to these guys, as we start going through our, our list here after uh, we go to our second break in a little bit. But what, what did you look at for these guys to sort of make your list? Yeah, so like I said, it was really difficult making that distinct that distinction, but I kind of started going on, um, obviously you have to go by talent, but also how much the team needs them. Like if, if they could pull that guy out and plug somebody else in and they could have similar numbers, are they really a great running back or are they just in a good system? Um, so I, I started my breakdown that way. And then, you know, just the talent and what they do for the team, I guess, and how they run. And again, it's something completely different because you got some older guys in there that it's like, well, and I say old, they're not old, but a guy like Derrick Henry, who's been around a while, but still just every year it has good season after good season. And how can you not consider him towards the top? I mean, when I was looking at it, it was like, I don't want to give it away here, but it's like, how do I not consider him? the best in the league right now. Yeah. And, and really when you look at the whole thing and that that's too, another thing when you're, when you're ranking these guys, it's power rankings, right? It's not mm -hmm. looking at the numbers and saying who was the best from top to bottom. Power rankings has a whole slew of things that you add into it. Which is exactly why you broke it down the way you did. And for me, it's the same thing. It's like how, how much, how valuable are they to the team? How well do I think they're going to perform? Where are they playing? Like, who who are they playing against, right? And and who do I think season long they're going to have more of an advantage and be toward the, the top of that list when it gets to the end? And and again, it doesn't even mean that the, the number one running back is going to finish with the most yardage or the most touchdowns or anything. And really, it could just mean that that is the most valuable player on their team 
and is the the more valuable running back going forward. And in my opinion, that's what power ranking tends to mean, not necessarily you know what the numbers say. Yeah, for sure. Which is why it's such a volatile gauge for for people to kind of talk about and say, no, I how can you not have him? <laughs> We're in it for the clicks, folks. We're in it for you guys to <laughs> tell us how we're wrong. Um, which, by the way, I don't know. You can even do on Reddit anymore, right? What What's up with Reddit? Is Reddit going to a subscription model? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just started seeing that more often. Like you go to a community, it's like, well, this is now a private community. Um, if you weren't part of it, you can't do any commenting. It's, what? Like, when did this happen? I'm obviously not on there enough where this just kind of, I got on one day and it's like, wait a minute, when did this happen? <laughs> I think they're mad that, uh, that people are trying to share all of their content on, on Reddit. They want to keep it a safe space. All, the power rankings are blowing up Reddit. So sorry guys are bad. We'll, <laughs> we'll take our talk elsewhere. So, uh, all right, well, we will continue to do all that, but I'm excited, Justin, because it is shorts weather in California, and I'm telling you right now, I'm already in shorts. You can't see it because I'm not panning the camera down, but I've been in shorts for a very long time in California. I think this is the last day of the 80s, and we're jumping back up to the 90s, but I'm more excited because I'm about to buy myself some Bird Dogs shorts because Bird Dogs shorts are way better than anything I've ever had and will ever have in my life. They're khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer. Make me look a little more summer ready in the thighs and the legs. Make me look like Saquon Barkley's gigantic thighs, right? Is that the thing? I think he's got gigantic thighs. I don't know. But if you want to look like that, you got to get yourself some Bird Dogs shorts. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit better than regular shorts because they're made of stiff. The ones that are made of stiff, re restricting cotton. You don't want any of that. No. You want bird dogs because they fixed all that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches to get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice on movement. Plus, the anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric is going to keep you cool and dry all day long. Let me tell you, you need that, especially in the balls hot of summer. You don't want your balls to sweat. Don't, don't get that. You got bird dogs right now. How to get there? Go to birddogs.com slash pool. Enter promo code pool to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order of awesome Bird Dogs shorts. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. Telling you right now, you won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We certainly promise you. And yep. you don't have to because they're anti-stink. So exactly. just leave them on. <laughs> all damn day long. All week long. Just don't, yeah, don't worry about it. They'll They'll cover it up. Nick. Nick's talking about <laughs> Justin looking like a hunting. <laughs> what are you hunting for? Bird dogs. <laughs> ah, you love that. Uh, uh, all right. So let's start talking through this. Let's start ranking some uh, some running backs and, and talking through who we think is going to be at the top of this list at the end of 2023, I suppose. Um, who? Let's so What did we do last time? Did we go 10 to 1 or go 1 to 10? I think we want one to 10 for the quarterbacks. I think you're right. Let's do that too. Yep. So let's start off with number one. Who's your number one? Um, I kind of stated it before Derek Henry, the, the guy's just a beast. Uh, I know he had an injury two years ago and then last year, it seems like some Titans fans were a little disappointed. Well, he had 1500 yards, 1538, 13 touchdowns. I mean, the guy's a monster, and I think he's showing, like, every year you say, well, he can't carry that many times again. He can't carry that many times again, and he does, and he has success. And the defense has to know Derrick Henry's getting the ball. Like, they, it's, they're not afraid of Ryan Tannehill. So I had to put him as number one. I just think he's one of the, the most dominant running backs out there and is not showing, knock on wood, any signs of slowing down yet. Yeah, and I've got him as number one as well. I've seen far too many videos on YouTube of him just, just making people look absolutely silly. And really, there's no other comparison or there's no other running back, I think, that compares to him as far as just the domination year after year, first of all. I mean, this guy's been at it for a while, and I don't know if there's been a running back in a while that has seen as much domination as he has year in and year out. Injuries bad teams. It doesn't matter. Just Derrick Henry has been an absolute monster the entire time. And until further notice, he's got to stay up there. And you're right. Missed some time, but still finished as the second leading rusher 
in the league behind Josh Jacobs. So, and, and this season, they're going to need it even more. I mean, obviously, it, it's a flux season for Tennessee. They're still trying to figure out what to do a quarterback, I think. I don't know. We'll, we'll see when that gets closer to time. But, you know, it, it just feels like this team is is on the precipice of, of either completely changing its entire philosophy or or just building and, and doubling down on what they're doing. And Derrick Henry is going to play a large part in that because he's still the anchor of that team. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I, I don't know if it matters who is there at quarterback. I mean, we saw last year Malik Willis came in and Derrick Henry still had good games and Malik Willis didn't throw for over 100 yards. So um, he's definitely kind of the backbone of this team. You kind of want Malik Willis at this point, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> that means more carries for Henry. For uh, sure. Bo Jackson in Tecmo Super Bowl was pretty good too. Nick is saying, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely think that Bo Jackson and uh, and Derrick Henry have something in common. However, I would like to see uh, Derrick Henry in Tecmo Super Bowl to, to see what they would give him. Uh, there you go. Uh, all right. I, both of us are great, number one. And I don't, I'm, honestly, I don't know that there's, there's probably a lot of people that are like, Derrick Henry is washed and that, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. He could very well be, this could very be, well be the year that he starts the downward slope, but I don't want to bet against it at this point. Yeah, I say that every year. I say, this is probably going to be the year he had too many carries. This year's going to be, doesn't, ha- it hasn't happened yet. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm not betting against it until it does. Nope. 13 touchdowns for Derrick Henry led the league. It's just like, come on, man. How, how much more disrespect are you going to give the guy? So, right. That was not a controversial pick at one at all. So, who who is your <laughs> second running back? This is where it already started getting tricky for me, but I did go with Nick Chubb just because of his running style. Um, like you said, the Browns really needed him last year, and he stepped up, finished third in rushing yards with one thousand five hundred twenty-five. But he's not. So, Derrick Henry is just he's an all-power guy, right? Nick Chubb's got that power but he can do some finesse in there too. And he's a younger guy that I think is going to continue to do well. Last year, we finally saw how he would do without having a split with Kareem Hunt, right? Um, He basically carried the full workload. And I think we're going to see that going forward as well. And I, I struggled with him. I had him at two. I had him at five. Then I put him back up at two. So these next guys are all very close for me. But yeah, I threw Nick Chubb in there. How about you? Well, so for number two for me, are you ready for this? Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. I, I got Christian McCaffrey. I, I Okay. The resurrection of Christian McCaffrey, and I hear the groans from everybody out there, oh, Rod's a homer. Yeah, I am. But, I mean, you, we talked about the fact, is he valuable to his team, right? Do you think he's going to put up the yardage that he needs to put up to carry uh, the team to victory? And, and honestly, Christian McCaffrey really excelled once he got to San Francisco. I test saw that. Everybody saw that. That was exactly when what he needed. He needed that breath of fresh air to move away from Carolina, get into San Francisco, get into that Shanahan system, be used, right? Now there's no there's no Garoppolo. Now it's all either Purdy or heaven forbid Sam Darnold or or Trey Lance, which you know, I I have a lot of opinions about Trey Lance right now. Uh and, and I just don't want to get into that because this isn't quarterback. But no matter who that running back or no matter who that quarterback is. It's, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we forget that, that and then this is where it's hard to separate fantasy from, from the reality of it, right? Fantasy darling Christian McCaffrey was a couple of seasons ago. He was the 101 in everybody's draft, but he backed it up on the field too, and that was something. He was still a, a power running back on the field, which is why he was the 101 in everybody's draft. I think he can return to that form in his first full season with San Francisco, given a whole off season to prepare with this offense. I, you saw what he did last year with just walking in the door. So I'm telling you right now, he develops any sort of relationship with the, the quarterbacks, more relationship with that, that coaching staff. You watch out for Christian McCaffrey. This, I, I feel like this is going to be, we're going to watch the Christian McCaffrey of old this season versus what we saw the last couple in Carolina. Yeah. And, and I'll jump right to three because he's my third guy. Um, I agree with you there. I, I think the only thing you can hold against Christian McCaffrey is, oh, he's had some injury history, right? But you, when you're making these, you don't 
base it on, well, this guy might get injured. Anybody could get injured at any time. I mean, it's a physical sport. Any of these players could get injured. So when you're looking at talent-based, I remember watching him play against the Iowa Hawkeyes when he was at Stanford, and he had like 229 all-purpose yards or something. It's just like, Jesus, kid is good. He's going to be an NFL star, and he has been. And he'll, he will hurt you in the running game. He'll hurt you in the, the receiving game. I mean, he's just very versatile running back that can do it all. He's a, a true do-it-all back. And injury history aside, I, I agree, he's one of the best in the game right now. And I'm excited to see what he does in a full year in the Kyle Shanahan offense because you kind of alluded to the fact that doesn't matter who's back there, Mostert, Wilson, I mean, all those guys, they've all had success because this offense runs so well. Um, so, and fingers crossed it is Brock Purdy. Though, picture this for just a minute. I know you wanted the Niners to draft Fields more than Trey Lance. Think if it was a Fields and Christian McCaffrey back there. Man, that'd be hard to defend. Yeah, and and yeah, and to honestly, that I think Fields would have been much better off going to San Francisco in his career, anyways, because they just feel 100%. like hundred percent. Oh yeah, I just oh, what could have been, and then we could have dealt Jimmy and been okay with it. But yeah, yeah. and and you said it perfectly too with McCaffrey that that receiving game, you should not overlook his his receiving fifty two receptions, four hundred sixty four yards, four touchdowns uh, through the air last year and then you know you give him the ball in space you give him the ball on a screen and he's gone and he can run yeah. around so fantastic running back uh, all the way around like i said i think this is a a hell of a year for cmc and i'm here for it especially with the niners hopefully keeping uh, a lot of what they got intact heading forward uh, all right I, so my my number three is nick chubb um and i debated i debated on nick chubb or Josh Jacobs on this one. So I guess I can just give you three and four where it's Nick Chubb and, and Josh Jacobs. But for Nick Chubb, pretty much all the reasons that you that you alluded to before, he's just too valuable of a running back on his team. And he always will get the ball. They will always defer to him. I know Kareem Hunt was always a thorn in the side as well, but it was always Chubb kind of coming out on top of it. 1,525 rushing yards last year, 12 touchdowns, right? Uh, not, not a big threat in the receiving game for Chubb, but... Again, you didn't need it when you had him on the ground. And as far as running backs go and as far as carries go, you knew he was going to get that 302 attempts last season. Uh, a top of the list here, the third of the list for, for running backs as far as usage is concerned. So, I mean, you want to talk about putting somebody uh, on their back. It's definitely Nick Chubb, and he does that year after year. He's going to need to do it again this year. The Browns are, the Browns are still not good. As much as they want to be, they're still not good. And they, I think they still need to reassert themselves on the ground if they want to get that way. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely agree. So so we're at four now, right? Four at I'm four. at four. Okay. Yep. So this is where probably it gets a little controversial. People are going to ask, you know, what I'm smoking or whatever. But um, I got Austin Eckler. Now, hear me out. I know he didn't break 1,000 rushing yards last year. I get it. However, he did have 28.2% usage as a receiver, um, 177 catches in 2021 and 2022 combined. This is another guy that he is a true dual threat. He can do it as a running back. He can do it as a receiver. And a lot like Christian McCaffrey in open space, he is uh, electric. I mean, he can break any play open um, and the, 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 the Chargers have all sorts of weapons, yet they still rely on him a lot. So I really like Austin Eckler. I'm a big fan of his, and and I think he's one of those top guys that probably doesn't get the credit that he should. And yes, he is older. However, he didn't have a lot of usage early on in his career, so he still has fresh legs. And let's not forget, too, that as far as running backs are concerned, the, the usage is, is the usage, right? Running backs are obviously running backs, but the whole position has changed and, and better stop having a whiskey for a while. <laughs> um, but the, but the name of the position, the, the, the position has changed, right? So when you talk about running back, you do have to take into account the ones that are pass catchers like CMC, like Austin Eckler, right? Those guys that, that are used in both the running and passing game. So it's, it's definitely, you know, when they say, Oh, that's, that's a pass catching running back. Yeah. But he's still a running back. Like there's the, let's not take away from the main title of his position. He's still a running back. Does he, does he get used more in the passing game? Sure. But that's the name of the position. That's the way the position is going now. Yeah. 
for sure. So, uh, okay, my number four is, like I said, Josh Jacobs, the the league's leading rusher last season, and we kind of talked about him before we started the power rankings as far as now with Jimmy Garoppolo, now without Darren Waller, one of those passing threats that, that were uh, there in the past. Does Jimmy Garoppolo hand the ball off more? I, you know, when you got a, a back like Josh Jacobs, you kind of should hand the ball off a little more. He definitely warrants it. And and let's not necessarily uh, neglect his, his passing usage too. 53 catches, 400 yards last season. No touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously uh, can't really get him in the end zone there. But that's fantasy. That's not, that's not real world. Real world, he caught 53 passes for 400 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo can throw screens to his running back. Did it in San Francisco a ton. So I'm wondering if a few of those Darren Waller targets will end up going Josh Jacobs way. And uh, maybe that takes away from his, his total rushing yards, but you know, again, give him a little more receiving yards and he's still running back that does both. So like I said, it was hard to put Chubb and, and Jacobs. They're kind of like three, a four, a something like that. It's, it's really close in my opinion. Yeah, no, agree. I got Jacobs at five, so I'll go right into my fifth here. Um, it's a second straight season, looking at my notes here, of 0.21 missed tackles forced per carry. I know 0.21 doesn't sound like a lot, but we're talking per carry. And he also has more than three yards average per or after contact. So after contact, he's still picking up an average of three more yards. It's one of those reasons he led the league in rushing because he is a beast. He's he's a physical guy, but like like you said, he can catch the ball as well. He started showing that a lot last year that, hey, I can be used in this passing game too like these other dual threat running backs. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he does fit and mesh with Jimmy G back there now. And, and I do think it's going to benefit Jacobs, even though he obviously had a, a hell of a year last year. You know, I know the question is in the chat. Is Jimmy G going to play a game this year? Yeah, he will. There, there's just there's too much time between now and the beginning of the season to get that all hammered out. I, I don't I don't know. I, I can't see a way that Jimmy doesn't play. They made such a big splash for him. It'd be it'd be most unfortunate for that entire franchise if they don't suit Jimmy up this year. Um, I know that there will be many a uh, a person on the strip of the female variety that would hate to see that happen. Uh, they ladies love them. Some Jimmy G over there in Vegas. And I'm pretty sure he loves it as well. So, um, but again, I, I almost don't care who the quarterback is. Josh Jacobs is still going to be good. Derek Carr was there and you know, you could probably put them on the same panel with Jimmy G and, and kind of, you know, they still did well. So I'm okay yeah. with, that. uh, sure. all right. I, I don't know. And we talked about this too with Saquon, Saquon Barkley, like Saquon Barkley is my, uh, is my next one. And you know, if he plays, he's still going to be good. Like Saquon, Saquon still got that talent and he was injured, but came back and still put up 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns, uh, on the year for the giants and the giants need something, you know, they're they're They were talked about being one of the better teams, uh, coming into it with the NFC East. There's a lot of, a lot of enthusiasm around this team. Um, maybe not from me. I don't. I don't have that enthusiasm. <laughs> but there is a lot of enthusiasm. So Saquon Barkley is going to need to perform again. Uh, Daniel Daniel Jones, for as much as as we talked about him in the last one for quarterback rankings, he still needs a strong running back because I don't think he's the transcendent quarterback that can get it done by himself. He definitely needs a strong running back to do that. And and Saquon. He's that guy. He's still that guy. He just needs to not be hurt. It's really all there is to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Um, just to, while we're on Barkley, I got him at number seven. And yeah, he's still a guy that when he gets the ball, he can break anything open. It's, it's the health factor. And then I guess if he's going to hold out or not, but if he's on the field, he's he's one of the top backs in the game. Yeah, and and I think until we see otherwise, until we see a couple of seasons of decline, then then we can start talking about dropping him lower on that list. So, um, yeah, right, you gave out seven. Did you give out six? I did not six. I got a guy that I feel like a lot of people just kind of forgot about last year, Jonathan Taylor. Um, he missed some games. They had just a, a horrible offense in general, but 
he's a very talented running back when he's healthy. Um, you got to remember, last year he had his down year. The year before that, just 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns rushing. So that's it, you know. And his rookie year, he had 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. So back-to-back double-digit touchdowns, then just had his down year. I still think he's a a very good running back. He's a very young guy. This is only his fourth season. So I'm not going to hold last year against him. I think they are going to take a step forward, um, especially with that's kind of a revamped offense now. They got a new quarterback, new receivers. The line is still good. So I think Jonathan Taylor comes back this year and looks like the guy from two years ago or from his rookie season and not like the one last year that was hurt and only played 11 games. And that whole offense just struggled to move anything. So, so yeah, I got uh, Jonathan Taylor at six. That's funny. I got him at six as well. And mainly because he's got himself a brand new rookie quarterback. I And I can't see... I can't see a scenario in which Gardner Minshew grabs that top spot in <laughs> camp from, from uh, the high draft pick that was Anthony Richardson. And I think this helps him. I mean, obviously with this, this young quarterback, this, this mobile quarterback, this guy that, that is poised enough, I think to, to make a start. If, I mean, if he does, if Gardner Minshew wins this, or if, if Sam Ellinger gets the start, okay. But then they even <laughs> need him more, I think in my opinion. And, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. It's, it's, I think he's going to be, uh, very, very clutch for that Colts team, especially with that new rookie quarterback and them being able to play off. Because Taylor's not that old. Taylor's right. still pretty young himself. So you get a young, energetic quarterback in there. It's probably going to jazz him up a little bit more and, and put him back into it. Because think about what they had last season, right? I mean, it was kind of like a just a rough go for that whole team. So hopefully this this new quarterback in, injects some life into Jonathan Taylor. And I think six is a good spot. I mean, it could even be five. It could be four, really, if if uh, all things go well in camp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, him. I had him and uh, Josh Jacobs kind of. I was right back and forth there in that fifth, sixth spot, but um, I ended up having to go with Jacobs at that fifth, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I get it completely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, for me, because you gave seven already, uh, so I'll yep. give seven. And Dalvin Cook is is out, but. I, I can't really imagine him going to a team that's not going to be somebody that needs him, right? And so we haven't really talked about landing spots for Dalvin Cook. We haven't discussed it yet. Uh, I, I don't know that there's – I can't – I don't know. To me, the scenarios of him going to a better team make make it to where I got to put him at seven because wherever he winds up, he's still one of the top ten quarterback or running backs, rather, in the league, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook last year with uh, Minnesota – was at 1173 yards, eight touchdowns and you know, 264 attempts. They used him a lot, obviously got hurt, but still a good a good running back through and through. And and I don't see a team not being able to to benefit from his presence on there and and really just kind of move forward with him. And have you thought about where you think Dalvin Cook would go? Um yeah, I know there's a lot of noise about the uh the Dolphins which I could see. I think it'd be great if he went to the Bills. They need a, a strong running back. I feel like they've lacked that. I know Devin Singletary got the job done, but he's not Dalvin Cook. Um, and then he's playing with his brother, Dalvin Cook and James Cook, both there in the running back room. I just think that would be kind of fun. But I, I'd love to see him on a Bills offense where they don't have to rely on him, but he can just be set up for success. I Ooh, that would be deadly. If, if Dalvin Cook ends up on the Bills... He's shooting into my top four. Like yeah. that's not even a question because that guy, yeah, he could definitely get it done. And with the threat of him running and having to pass the ball to Stefan Diggs, or wait, can we still get Stefan Diggs? Is that what? <laughs> uh, but that receiving core, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of trouble to be made there. So Dalvin Cook seven, like I said, don't care what team he ends up on. He's still one of the top best running backs on the board. Yep, and not far behind. I got him at eight. Um, I thought I was looking up some stats here and thought that was was really interesting. In 2022, he tied his career low in yards per carry at four and a half. When that's your your low, that's pretty damn good. So um, you kind of laid it out on what I mean. He's still one of the best. I I think the Vikings are crazy for letting him go. I don't think Alexander Madison is going to replace Dalvin Cook at all, as far as numbers and talent goes. Um, so I, I mean, how can you not consider him in the top ten? So yeah, I got him. I got him at eight. Well, I'm telling you right now because Matson is a, a 
Boise State alumni. I'm not mm-hmm. rooting for him anyway, so I don't <laughs> uh, hate, hate Boise State. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> my team in college. How dare you? <laughs> I, listen, I'm Fresno State. We have a very heated rivalry. <laughs> yeah. so I can't. I can't do it. Uh, all right. I am going to put at number eight Travis Etienne. Uh, Jaguars. We we've hyped them up this season, so hopefully they they live up to the hype. Because if they don't, we're going to be some very very you know uh, scrutinized analysts as far as what we think. But for Travis Etienne, right, 1125 yards last season, just one of the reasons that the Jaguars started to become what they were, right? They had that rock solid running game with Trevor Lawrence taking that next step up. That that step's going to continue, right? And there's a lot of hype around Jacksonville. A lot of it is us, but uh, there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of, of people thinking that Jacksonville will even take another step up and, and be a contender for a little bit. Not Not necessarily up to the level of the Bills or the Chiefs or anybody like that, but maybe get in the upper end of that B tier of the AFC. And if they continue to run the ball the way they've been running it, I think there's a good case for it. And I think ETN has a better season this year, I think. Yeah, I like it. He did not make my top 10, but I, I mean, I can't fault you for that. I think he's, he's a, a talented guy, obviously missed his rookie year. And, you know, people, I think, kind of undersell the value of the fact that he played in college with Trevor Lawrence. I know they say, well, it's running back. What's it matter? But, you, I mean, you learn all your quarterback's cues that way, whether that's in the running game or blocking for him. So I, I think that keeps him on the field more as well. Um, moving along in mine at number nine, I got Aaron Jones. It pained me to put a Packer player in there, but I feel like I had to with Jones. Um Average more than three yards after contact in every season of his career. And he had 36 explosive plays last year. It's going to be really interesting to me to see what he does uh, in life after Aaron Rodgers, right? Because you kind of, you can wrestle, was that running game good? Because defenses had to account for Aaron Rodgers or is Aaron Jones just really good? Um, And he splits time with AJ Dillon, but I still think Jones is the guy. So yeah, I got him at number nine. Well, the yards after contact alone lets you know that it was more him. You know, there was yeah, a lot true. of him in it because once you hit that line, if you go down, then it's not you. <laughs> it's, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, if you can bust through that line and keep going for more yards after contact, then that's you. And and in fact, it's it's funny because that's where Aaron Jones is at for me. Uh, it looks like we agree on that one as well. Yeah. Uh, and and really, it is because they're going to need to lean on him. They they need to have a solid running game because they don't have Aaron Jones or Aaron, Aaron Rodgers now uh, throwing the ball around. And and who knows what this, this Packers offense is going to look like through the air. They know what it's going to look like through the ground. Uh, they obviously yeah. know that they've got to keep continuing to hang the ball off to him. And I, I want him to be higher on this list because I do believe that Aaron Jones is a much more talented back, but you're right. He is splitting with Dylan and that does cut into it. This is what we talked about. The, the split of these running backs now, the split of their work, is taking away from guys like Aaron Jones in his his top line, his his ceiling, as it were. So, you know, I, again, I just, I think that he's there. I think he's in the top 10. I want him to be higher, but I, I can't really put him there because he's part of that running back by committee. Yeah, agreed. And at number 10, I almost felt forced into this one. Well, first I'll say honorable mention to Brees Hall. I really wanted to work him into the top 10, but I think we need to see more of him at the the NFL level before we can do that. Um, only played seven games, but he did average 5.8 yards per carry. So at number 10, I got Tony Pollard, who just kind of took over and stepped right in where Zeke was and played way better, looked way more explosive, uh, 5.3 yards per carry. Now will be the true test. Will, can he be that RB1, um, even though, I mean, the argument can be made that he was their RB1 last year. Uh, but obviously the Cowboys felt good enough to let Zeke go and hand the keys over t- fully to Tony Pollard. And I think he will show that that was the right move because I think he's an explosive guy that is going to do well for them. I can imagine a world where Pollard becomes the Zeke of, of the Cowboys, you know, and you've, mm-hmm. we've seen it before from him and they almost could probably be saying Zeke because Last season and and probably toward the end of of the season before too, it just felt like they were forcing things to Elliot because they needed. Yeah, to, right? it was like he's here, he's still here. We got to give him something. We got to got to keep him involved. And 
and he would like run into the line and cl- and this is where we talk about right if you can keep going through that line it's you if you stop it's the, it's the, because you you know you're just getting worse yeah. that's what Zeke was this last season agreed like yeah and oh sorry i was just say Zeke had 876 yards and Pollard still managed to go over 1000 yards so um i know they ran the ball a lot but i still think that shows that Pollard it can be the guy yeah, oh, I, and I 100% agree with you, except I don't have him at 10. He's actually 11 for me. At 10 nice. is Miles Sanders. I mean, we Carolina Panthers, right? They, they've been a team that has had Christian McCaffrey for the last several years. Christian McCaffrey was the best running back in football for a very long time. Okay, maybe not very long, but I don't, you know, for me, two hours feels like an eternity. So, uh, But again, they can support that. They can support a running back like that. Miles Sanders summarily dismissed from the Eagles. A lot of people scratching their heads, right, of, of how that could happen. So now he ends up on, on I think, of a comparable squad as far as him, his talent can be concerned. Because now he doesn't have to deal with a, a running quarterback uh, like he did in uh, um, in Philadelphia. You know, now he's in there in Carolina and can probably just get a lot more work in my opinion, because I think they need to run the ball a lot more in Carolina if they would like to stay in games because defensively they can't really stop anybody. So uh, again, I just feel like he's in a good fit right now. Not really in that top five from where he's at, uh, but I definitely feel like he's going to have an opportunity to, to contribute. He too has a, a young quarterback with him now in Bryce young. Uh, so maybe we'll see how that happens. Does Andy Dalton take the first start? That, that's really what I'm basing it off of. Does Andy Dalton take the first start? And they, they you know, kind of get young in there. I know he's probably not going to, but we've seen crazier things happen in the NFL, right? Where number one picks don't start right away. Uh, but still, I, I think he's in a good situation. 10 is a good spot for Miles Sanders. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I kind of... I was going to back your pickup with saying I think he was undervalued um, the impact he had on the Eagles, but obviously I undervalued him as well since I don't have him in my top ten. But thinking about it, I mean, you think I think people thought, well, he just did really well because that offense was so good. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I think that offense was helped to it helped them be that good because he's that good. Um, and whether it's Dalton or Young getting the start, I think they're gonna the Panthers are gonna have to rely on the run, and that's Miles Sanders. That starts and ends with him. And he's not. I know Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. I know they didn't get a ton of carries, but they still took carries and touchdowns away from Miles Sanders. I don't think he'll have that much competition in Carolina. And it is crazy, too, because Miles Sanders was one of those names that everybody wanted on their fantasy roster. And yet, you know, no, I, mean, I don't think, like you said, he was undervalued on, on even his own team. So yeah. it'd be great to see what he gets stepping out in uh, from a, a team as star studded as Philly and into the Carolina Panthers. So for sure. Um, all right. Thank you guys out there for listening and watching on YouTube. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in to the live shows, retuning in back for uh, the uh, the show when it replays later. But uh, we've had fun growing this YouTube channel. We have fun chatting with you uh, during the live shows and just continue to do that. Continue to support us. Comments and likes and subscriptions, they make the Google algorithm happy, right? And they continue to put this at the forefront of feeds and searches, which is exactly where you want this because it'll continue to keep this show free. It'll continue to keep this show at the high level of, uh, of Justin's standards than, uh, than everybody else. So <laughs> please continue to, to do all the things to keep this YouTube channel going. We absolutely love you. And uh, we want to continue to do this for you for years to come. We don't want to age out like running backs. That's, that's <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, Justin, there are future odds out there. There are rushing odds for these guys. And uh, we'll we'll talk through some of them as we always do to give you the right betting angles on these futures. Maybe you guys can use your edge boost for some of these futures bets and load up and double down. We'll give you our favorite double down one in a little bit as well. So, um, all right, Justin, the first one on this list that I'm looking at right now is Christian McCaffrey. His regular season rushing yards, and, and I'm sorry if you if you trip over yourselves trying to get to the counter for this one, 900 and a half rushing yards 
over under what both are juiced at minus 110 please tell me i know which one you're taking on this one Definitely the under. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> look, I know that Elijah Mitchell is going to get his carries too. I, I doubt Christian McCaffrey ever has that 20 carry game again, but it doesn't matter. He's Christian McCaffrey. He's still going to get his. He's still going to get yards. Um, over. Wow, that's surprisingly low. So I, I would definitely take the over on that. It's amazing to me how. I, I what I don't know what the books were even doing at that point, just sort of sleeping through it. He had 1,100 yards between two teams last year. I mean, 393 with the Panthers, 746 with the uh, with the Niners. When healthy, like the dude does not get below a thousand yards. I mean, it, right. it's just when he's healthy. Now, granted, if he gets hurt, this gets voided and it doesn't matter, and then you don't care whether he gets 900 and a half yards. But by the same token, it's like. That's what it's going to have to take, I think, for him to not get a 901 yards on the season. It's just insane to me to think that that's and Niners running backs. It's what they do. They run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, confident enough in this one. I did not realize it was that low. I'm placing a bet on it right now as we speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I don't want it to go up after the show or anything. You know, we might be trendsetters here. So I, I had to place it now. Yeah, <laughs> in real time, you know, yep. if I, I'm already going to do that. That's my edge double down play right there. Nine hundred, nine hundred point five, double down on Christian McCaffrey's over nine hundred and a half rushing yards. It just, I don't get it, Justin. I'm glad, I'm glad for you guys out there that grab this line as well, but I don't get it. Yeah, I, like I said, unless they just think Elijah Mitchell is going to take that much from him, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, me either. Um, all right, let's move on to Miles Sanders. This one's, I, we just talked him up, but this one's a little tough. His season total set at 925 and a half, uh, both over under juiced at minus 110. So whatever side of the fence you're on. I mean, look, we talked about it too. Last season, uh, he was over a thousand yards with the Eagles. He's with the Panthers. Can he get to 926 this year? I think so. I think he's going to be in a, a thousand yard rusher. So I, I like the over on that one. Well, we talked about half of the teams in the league had at least a thousand yard rusher, right? So, right. And, and he was one of them. So I, it stands to reason that he probably will be again. Um, and, and when you look at uh, who took over for Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a huge jump from Dante Foreman, who was at nine four. No, Dante Foreman was with the was with the Texans. What am I thinking? No, you're uh, right. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, last year was the Panthers. <laughs> Two years ago was the Texans. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm in NASCAR mode still. Uh, NASCAR and F1. But Dante Foreman, yeah, Dante Foreman was with the, the Panthers last year. 914 yards, so he damn near got himself to 1,000 yards, and that was with Christian McCaffrey there for a hot second. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think he's got an opportunity to get to 926. Miles Sanders little more talented, I think, in my opinion, than Dante Foreman. So I think you can get to 926. I think hammer the over on this one as well. I don't know. I don't want to bash Foreman too much now because he's a bear. So <laughs> he is now. You're absolutely correct. So now, yeah, Dante Foreman's not even there anymore for that. So yeah. You get you get that reprieve. Who's um, gonna beat who's gonna beat Sanders out? Chuba Hubbard? I don't think so. No, he could if he couldn't <laughs> if he couldn't surplant Christian McCaffrey, he's not gonna supplant Miles Sanders. Right. <laughs> not not a thing. Um, all right, so Miles Sanders over 925 and a half at minus 110. That is a bet. Jonathan Taylor's total. Okay, now I said that that uh Miles Sanders was tough. This one's a tough number for me. Uh 1150 and a half for Jonathan Ooh. Taylor. This one's bo uh, both sides at minus 110 as well. You notice a pattern there, but um yeah, 1150 and a half for Jonathan Taylor. You had confidence in him. You have that much confidence in him? I mean, I think he'll return to his form and rookie year. He had 1169 the year after that, 1811. It was just last year he had 861. So if you're like me and believe he's going to return to his form, then you got to take it, I think. A 1,200-yard season? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Tough, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because that's high. I mean, that that's yeah. not that's not 900. If that was 900, yeah, you smashed the over on that one. But right, yeah. <laughs> 1150 in 17 games? That's the other thing too. It's like the extra game, 
it, mm-hmm. it kind of does send a lot of people over that 1200 range uh when, when they get there so mm, i don't know give me all right fine you talked me into the over i think <laughs> i think he needs to get there i think they're they absolutely need to lean on him to be mm-hmm. the star in that offense um this one's another easy over for me uh and this one's crazy this is josh jacobs at 1100 and a half so 1100 oh, yeah. and a half yards the over Justin is at plus 100. The under is at minus Ooh. 120. So books don't think he's going to get uh, 1,101 yards next year. Now it almost feels like a trap, does it not? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm taking it anyways. Take the over. Because yeah, Josh Jacobs, 1653. Like he could trip and fall like, <laughs> and, and still probably get to 1,100 yards this season we talked about the the running backs that aaron jones 11 21 travis etienne 1125 justin fields even 1143 at, at quarterback dalvin cook 1173 like all those guys got to 1100 yards and you're telling me that a guy that got to 1600 yards last year can't make it back to 1100 yards this year good point at, at, at even money no uh, i'm i'm definitely taking the over on that one uh your boy austin eckler his over under set at eight ten and a half. Both sides of these juiced at minus one ten. We know he's a receiving threat. Can he get to eight hundred and eleven yards? I think so. He got nine fifteen last year, um, and, and I think they've added more receiving options. So I think they're going to run him more, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think he can hit the over on there. I hate to keep picking the over on everybody, but I, I think that's another one that the over feels like a good number. But I feel like these lines are set too low, anyways. I feel like a lot of these things are are eight fifteen or eight ten for for Austin Eckler. It just feels low. I mean, that's Agreed. like you said, it's a hundred yards lower than he had last year. So I don't know what they were doing to base it off of what formulas they were doing it, but it just seems to me that these these numbers are set lower than they should be. So this is why you pounce on the over, I suppose. That's an average of um, for in a 17 game season. That's an average of 47.6 yards per game. He feels like he's going to average over 50 a game, doesn't he? I did at least, at least. That's the thing. And Austin Eckler is is riding. He's one of the public faces of that of that team, of the yeah. position, of fantasy football in general too. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of guys like to roster him, and so they want him to do well every every week, uh, and he does by and large. So. And anybody not watching on YouTube, I didn't rain man that. I pulled the calculator up on my phone and <laughs> figured that out. Just so you know, don't don't go look. Don't look, go uh, go away and press like man. He did that quick. <laughs> I, I what you saw was the meme where Justin had all those trying <laughs> and stuff yeah. around him, and he was figuring it all out. Uh, I watched right. it happen in real time, and I was like, God, go Justin. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on to Nick Chubb. 1,225 and a half is his total. Minus 110 again for both of these sides of it for Nick Chubb. Rushing 1,200 yards, 1,226 yards is what he's got to get. We talked about him getting 1,525 last season. Feel like this is another low number. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only reason you play the under here is if you think Deshaun Watson takes either more of the rushing yards away from Chubb or they focus a lot more on the pass, but I don't see it happening. So I, I like the over. We're just smashing the over on everything. <laughs> Life's too short to take the under. There I'm you go. Saying, uh 1226 for Nick Chubb. Yeah, it's it's doable. It's it's def- there's a path there for sure. Doesn't matter who's under center. Could be Baker Mayfield. It could be uh you know Luis Perez. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry, XFL champion Luis Perez. I didn't mean to put some spec on that name, don't I? Uh, all right, let's move on to Travis Etienne. We talked about him earlier. Uh, his over/under set at nine fifty and a half. They don't even think he's going to reach a thousand yards this season. Minus one ten. The disrespect, Justin, for Travis Etienne. Yeah, these are crazy. I mean, eleven twenty-five last year. Why do we think he's going to take a step back? There's nothing showing that he would take a step back. No. And again, we talked about how this offense is, has already improved and, and charged forward. So I, I think I think ETN is going to be a thousand yard rusher again this season, which means he easily clears 951 yards. I just I don't get it. <laughs> they, they drafted a running back, right? Tank Bigsby. I think that's more of an insurance policy, not a guy that they're going to have split in 50 50 carries. Now, when you let a guy like James Robinson go, who was a thousand yard rusher in his own right, 
you have faith that Travis Etienne is going to continue. And maybe maybe injuries play a part in this, obviously, because obviously he came into the league and injured himself. Yeah. So you, you kind of factored that into it. But I don't know. I, I don't know how you can disrespect him at 950 yards in a 17-game season uh, on the surging Jacksonville Jaguars. So give me, <laughs> there give you me go. Travis Etienne to get 951 yards this season. Uh, Derrick Henry, 1150 and a half is his number. Both of these, again, set at minus 110. So over under for Derrick Henry, health, right? Biggest issue. If he's healthy, he smashes this. Right. Yeah, I, I take the over. Um, I, I never plan on somebody getting hurt. I know they don't plan on that either, obviously. But, um, I mean, the 2021, he only played, I think, eight games. Yeah, eight games, and he had 937 yards in eight games. So, uh that's that's pretty close to what his over under is now in a full season. So yeah, I'm taking it. Yeah, it's definitely not that one. That one is surprisingly low. That one should have been closer to to like twelve fifty or you know maybe a hundred yards yeah. more than that, or even even closer to thirteen. I don't know. You probably want to set it even higher, but yeah, Derrick Henry over eleven fifty smashed that one too. Yeah. Uh, Take away twenty twenty one where he got injured. Twenty nineteen fifteen forty twenty twenty. He had 2,027, and then last year, 1,538. Over 1,500 yards each season there besides his injured year. I'm not setting the lines. Don't, don't <laughs> come at me. Like, like I said, if you're watching this live, smash it now because who knows what it's going to be in a month when they realize that this is way too low. Public money needs to flood in on that as well. Um, all right, last but not least, Tony Pollard. We just talked about him as well. Tony Pollard's number set at 1050 and a half. I think you talked about it just a little bit ago as far as him being uh, an at least a, a thousand yard rusher. His over uh, set at plus, plus 100, under set at minus 120. Can he get to 1051? Yeah, that's another one I don't quite understand. He had 1,007 last year, and that's with Zeke having 867 yards as well. So I think he can find his other 43 yards in that and hit the over. Yeah, you give him a few more, few of those those uh, Ezekiel Elliott touches, and I think he's way over. I think he's an 11 hard, 1100 yard rusher at least, um, maybe even 12 by the time it's because he's too talented. He's too talented, yeah. and he's still young enough to with a lot of tread on the tires to get there as well. So, um, oh, you know what? We did uh, did not talk about Saquon Barkley. Uh, Saquon Barkley, if he if he comes back, 1,000 and a half. Is all he needs is to cross the one thousand yard mark by one yard, uh, one ten on minus one ten on both of these. I like the over unless you want to bank on him sitting out and take the under. I mean that probably voids the ticket, but some books they won't void it; they'll count it as a win. So I guess know your book, but yeah, I like the over though. I think I think he plays all overs on this one. Last one, Aaron Jones, eight hundred and a half minus one ten on both sides of this. Why are these so low? I, this is weird, is it not? Is it too early in the season? Is it do people, maybe? Do they not think that people are going to be taking running back futures? <laughs> I mean, Smash the over. Take take Fields under rush, rushing. That's eight twenty five. Take the under on that because I want him to pass more. They don't want him <laughs> running around and getting hurt. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Uh, eight hundred feels low for that as well. But yeah, eight hundred for uh, for Aaron Jones. Yeah, take the over on that one. Eleven twenty one last season yeah. still splitting with Dylan like and and now he's going to need to run the ball more because he's going to have Jordan Love at quarterback and they're going to need to hand the ball off to him more so Agreed. I think he breaks a thousand yards again so uh, <laughs> weird weird we're taking all overs it's it's the over show is what this is <laughs> there you go <laughs> so uh all right well listen I was fun I, I I love the running back position I love it there's so many good ones out there right now still and your double down was CMC over? My double down was CMC over. There's just no way. I mean, now, granted, I, I could probably just tell you my edge double down is all of them on the over. Right. Because it just feels like all there's a lot to smash. But, yeah, definitely the, the CMC over for sure. I'm going to go a little crazy with mine. My edge double down. Most regular season rushing yards, Derek Henry plus 850. Wow. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, I, I don't know Josh Jacobs is going to get the most this year with Derrick Henry the way he is. So yeah. And really that's it. It's, it's, I 
kind of a couple horse race between Henry and, and them. If Henry stays, stays uh, healthy, I almost feel like there's another 1800 yard season in Derrick Henry before he yeah. kind of crests that hill. <laughs> Agreed. So, um, all right. Well, I feel like we've, uh, we've done it. We've power ranked. We've given you some, some good futures to look at. So run to your book right now. Just hammer <laughs> all the overs. Cause the books are sleeping at this point. That's right. All right, Justin, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media as we kind of clamp this show down for good or yep. for today. not for good <laughs> for today. Uh, find me on Twitter at J Mark football post everything there. That's right. Follow him there. Follow me on Twitter at RJ via Gomez link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, the NASCAR gambling podcast, the F1 gambling podcast, Canadian grand prix happening this week. Uh, NASCAR has got a week off, but we're still cranking out some shows for you as well. And of course, uh, in between media where I'm on the back road and uh, all kinds of good stuff. So check it out. Link in the bio. Find me on there. So until then, everybody have some fun. Go smash those overs and let it ride. We'll be right back. 